When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Hello and welcome to Feeling Blue from the Block M Podcast Network. Luke Yardy along with Tyler Seeley and we are here with you on Tuesday night, September 12th, going into Wednesday, September 13th, hitting the midweek point as we come up on the week three of the college football season. Great to have you along here as we're going to take a look back and, and get some thoughts for Michigan's win over UNLV on Saturday at the big house and take a look what we've got coming up with Bowling Green coming into Ann Arbor on Saturday night. Tyler, what's going on? How you doing here tonight? I'm doing pretty good, man. How about you? Doing good. Doing good. Very excited. Week three. I, the, the season goes a little too quick each and every year, man, but uh, definitely enjoy looking back at some games, even though the uh, beginning of the season is, um, you know, it, it, it's 
a little lackluster in terms of excitement, but uh, Michigan's been very work workmanlike uh, over the first two weeks of the season. Kept that kind of going on Saturday when UNLV got to town, got up to the big lead, pulled everyone, and you know we we ended up with a thirty-five-seven. Doesn't look too sexy on the scoreboard, but. Uh, to get the job done, they're two and zero, and you know Mike Hart and Jay Harbaugh each getting credited with their first ever uh, head coaching victory. Yeah, I would agree with you. Workmanlike, I thought they were they were very good. Um, obviously, some stuff to clean up, but um, I, I think it's a little bit more nitpicky at this point uh, than it is like super concerning. Um, but again, like I said, workmanlike, they put up thirty five points easily. Again, didn't cover the spread. But, um, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I, I, I think that if Michigan wanted to play, you know, the whole game with the starters in there, they would have won the game, you know, 75 to 7 more than likely, right? So um, I think it was a, a another step in the right direction. Um, I thought the running backs were a little bit better than they were the first week. And not a whole lot better, but I think it, a little bit of incremental improvement. I thought the offensive line – uh, run blocking still needs some work. Pass blocking, I thought they were fantastic. I mean, JJ had all day to throw, man. So, um, you know, 22 of 25 with 278 yards, two touchdowns, an average of 11.1 um, per per pass. So, I mean, JJ is is. I mean, man, he is. He's really starting to take that next step, isn't he? Yeah, man, um, to start with the good here, J.J. looked fantastic once again. You mentioned the stats. His efficiency is out of this world. You know, his QBR is through the roof. His completion percentage is amazing. His ability to move within the pocket and keep his eyes downfield is just, it's something that is just so much different than it was a year ago. I feel like his pocket presence has really just come uh, with him maturing a little bit, you know, he last year, you know, he, he would kind of run. He, w- he would still look downfield, but I mean, he, he was, I, I feel like looking to run a lot of the time rather than, you know, looking to throw. Whereas now he, he's moving. The shoulders are staying up. He's not tucking the ball. He, he's consistently just moving with the eyes downfield, keeping good posture. And he's been able to, to find guys all over the field, man. And he is slinging that thing my goodness he he hit that one turkey hole there in the first half like right through three UNLV defenders the only place it could be with a whole lot of zip I mean it was it was a beautiful looking ball man and 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 that's just kind of been the story what JJ's been through the first couple of weeks here which at the end of the day uh it has has been good and he's kind of needed to be right like like you know, obviously that's the big thing is him and Roman Wilson look great. Great to see Tyler Morris out there uh, getting some, you know, getting some game reps coming up with some big catches. Uh, but but to go along with that, the JJ's kind of had to look real good. And that's the other thing. Kind of went back and, and rewatched the game a bit today, you know, kind of the extended highlights and things like that. And, you know, one thing that really stood out to me, and, and it was the same against ECU if you go back in and look at it, um and tweeted this out a little earlier today but i the amount of third and sixes and third and sevens you know the the third and intermediate to to third and longs that this michigan offense has been facing against really inferior opponents like 
it's it's not cause for like alarms to go off or anything like that. But I'm I'm telling you, I'm I'm it's got me like, yeah, I don't know exactly what we're doing now. A lot of that has to do with what you pointed out. The run game hasn't been what it's been the the last couple of years so far. And I think that has a lot to do with the offensive line. Um, you know, we got some new starters in there. I think they're, you know, still learning to trust one another. The pass protection to your point has been amazing. Uh, but running the football, the the holes aren't necessarily there a ton. Uh the 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 running backs still look a little hesitant and without trust. And I think that is going to come eventually. But you know, if Michigan's going to run on first and second down a whole bunch of the time. They, I mean, it hasn't been super effective in Michigan's face in third and longs, and thankfully JJ's been great, but it could easily not be so good, man, if they can't get it figured out by the time they get into Big Ten play. I think a lot of it has to do with the offensive line, but I also think a lot of it has to do with the, the running backs themselves. Like, they're they're splitting carries at this point, I feel like, or not splitting carries, but that that's kind of what it feels like it's going to be going – like going forward, like it doesn't feel like it's going to be one guy that's going to take the bull by the horns. It feels like it's going to be uh, by committee, but even a little bit more so than last year because, you know, last year Corum was kind of the guy and Donovan Edwards would spell him, you know, when he wasn't down. But I feel like both of them know that like they're kind of competing with each other. So like, I think, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of looks like they're they're not being patient, not even just because they don't trust the offensive line, but because they're trying to hit a home run right away. They're trying to they're trying to, you know, bust down 80 yard you know touchdown like they had in the Ohio State game, like Donovan Edwards had in the Ohio State game, or you know Blake Corum had a couple of big rushes in the Indiana game last year. Uh, one game that kind of comes to mind. So like, I think it's part of each thing i don't know exactly w- which is is higher than the other but i think i think kind of both of them are kind of playing together and and this is why you see you know blake Corum 15 carries for 80 yards yeah he had three touchdowns so that's that's certainly good that he he got into the end zone three times but then you look at donovan edwards six carries nine yards per nine yards altogether a, a one and a half yard average and no touchdowns I mean, that's a little concerning. I don't know if he was banged up a little bit. I know the snap counts. Uh, he only had 26 snaps altogether, um, and 15 were pass play, and, and I think 11 were, were run plays. So, I don't know. I, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm concerned about the running backs. I think the offensive line is a little bit more concerning. I think Miles Hinton has looked not great. If you know, I mean that that's if we're being honest here. I think. Miles Hinton has been the guy that I've I've kind of looked at like mm, I don't know if I love what I've seen so far. Now, if you look at PFF grades, I mean he's he was the highest um, offensive lineman uh, last week with uh, six. Uh, or actually, no, he wasn't. He was the low. Sorry, he was one of the lower starters um, on the offensive line at sixty-seven point five on the PFF grade. So I don't know. I mean that concerns me a little bit but i guess what is your biggest concern would it be this or would it be anything else uh yeah just just offensively it it, it's mostly the 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 situations that they're getting themselves into and i i think it's partly like if we are seeing the defenses completely sell out against the run right like that's the the total game plan from ecu and unlv uh which i which i totally understand 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to go back that far, but but just focusing yeah. on this year here, uh, definitely had that from ECU and UNLV and Michigan is. I, I think that it's it's still the game plan, right? They know that when it's like that and and the way JJ is playing, that the likelihood it, with the pass protection he's getting of JJ picking it up, the these third and sixes, third and sevens, third and eights, things like that, you know, are are, are pretty likely, and we've seen that Michigan. You know, I mean, a couple of possessions in the two games, you know, with the starters really haven't resulted in points or a chance at points. uh, And that's it. You know, they've really been able to move the football at will, even getting themselves in these scenarios. I think it, you you know, when when you get into play, you know, you, you start playing, you know, like Michigan State, Penn State and things like that. If they're selling out against a run, look, Michigan's going to take what the defense is giving them. They're they're not going to try. I don't think in you know throw throw a chair at the wall. Uh, you know the the first two downs of every series. But this kind of goes back to the beat Georgia drill. I, I think in what they're doing here. Uh, in the entire thing of the beat Georgia drill that we heard about is Jim Harbaugh wants to be able to run the football when the other team knows you are going to run the football, and I think. They're 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 putting that drill into use against what they know are these inferior teams, right? And that's why they're they're getting there and they want that cohesion to really start building with that offensive line in these game situations because we did see improvement. You know, we, we saw a couple of runs, it's a couple of big holes, especially for Blake Corum, really open up uh here in this game. And we're seeing little by little it getting better and getting better. And I think they're, they're kind of building up, they're progressing uh, to that. And and once they do, there'll be such a dynamic offense. You know, I think this is the mindset that that'll be tough to stop, but you have to hope that it gets there. Right. Uh, and it's crazy to think about. I mean, the last two years, what have we been saying? Oh my God, can they throw the ball? Can they throw the ball? Oh, they they can't just rely on running the football. Now everyone's like, Oh, they got to get the run game going. You know, we're, we're never exactly satisfied, but but nope. yeah, it, nope. it, it is the it is the uh, j- just the fact that Michigan is getting themselves into not great situations that I don't want to see uh, by the time they get into Big Ten play. But ultimately could be the mindset and the working on things. And again, uh, they haven't had their head coach. They've had coordinators taken over as head coaching duties. And we we haven't seen just a, a, a full coaching staff out there uh, with the game plan and execution and, and everything ready to roll. So it does feel like they're amping up. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know about it to you, but you go back to the last couple of years in the non-conference and I I understand that there's new clock rules and they're they're pulling guys earlier, but just doesn't seem nearly as dominant as they have the last couple of years. And that part, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't think I should be concerned about it, but man, it just doesn't quite feel like, like what they were able to do the last couple of years. I think, I think part of it is, is what you're saying. I think part of it has to do with scheme and what they're trying to do that beat Georgia drill some, a little bit of that. But I also think it's like, I don't know if you follow baseball. I don't know if you're a baseball fan, but the people that are that listen to this will will kind of relate to this where like, you know, you have like a, say a Justin Verlander in spring training. And these, this is basically what these three games are. The spring training games, right? They're, they're exhibition games. I know they're not, but they, that's kind of what they are. Right. Um, And, you know, a lot of times in baseball, you'll have, you know, a pitcher working on one pitch 
Um, is this a situation where Michigan is really trying to hone in on getting the run game going, even when the other team knows that you're trying to run the football? So that's that's part of it for me. But I also think that, you know, the offensive line still isn't totally on the same page, hasn't trusted each other just yet. But I think if if they had taken a, a step back from from week one, I would have said, okay, well, you know, this this isn't a great sign. I think they were incrementally better. I don't think it was a whole lot better, but incrementally, I think the offensive line was a little bit better in run protection, run blocking. And then I think the running backs, particularly Blake Corn, was a little bit better um, than he was week one. So I think we can take some positives out of it. I wouldn't say I'm extremely worried or anything like that. I'll, I'll reserve the worried for Rutgers. If, if Rutgers comes into the big house and they they shoot those gaps kind of like TCU did and Michigan can't throw the football or say say we get into a situation and we're going to get into a situation, I'm going to tell you this right now, where a team's going to say, you know what, we can stop the run without bringing everybody. We don't need to play coverage zero to stop the run. And if they're stopping the run at that point, can the receivers get open? And it's all about separation at that point. Can JJ make those throws into those windows where he's not going to have as much room as he as he does, um, you know, when they're bringing everybody. So <laughs> that's that's my cause for concern. I know that's that's kind of you know how many teams in the country can do something like that where they can stop the run without bringing a lot bringing the linebackers down bringing the safeties down or you know kind of leaving it one on one like how many teams can do that georgia ohio state maybe probably not even ohio state cuz we've seen what that's done the last couple of years um but is penn state better at stopping the run we'll see about that um but I I guess the biggest thing is that's that's what worries me. I guess would would be my 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 biggest concern. And again, I'm not going to get anybody in trouble for something they haven't done yet. So, uh, another good thing w- which we definitely like to see is the defensive line looked absolutely dominant uh, against UNLV. Uh, the the pass rush was able to get home uh, quite a bit. What six sacks I think on, on the day it was. Uh, it looked. It looked like a whole lot of fun uh, to be out there. We 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 definitely uh, have been waiting uh, on that front. End up being five sacks, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, and and it wasn't even. I mean, the amount of pressures were through the roof as well. It was a long day out there for Doug Brumfield, man. You know that poor guy was probably seeing ghosts by the end of this thing. And I know that that Michigan was chomping at the bit, but you know we we talked about it a little bit. ECU kind of played a little bit of that quick game. UNLV they had a lot of that slow mesh stuff going, and that was a that was a bad bad move. And I gotta say, dude, uh, I think you know we we've heard a lot uh, about Chris Jenkins, Mason Graham. Coming into this year, I think Kenneth Grant looks like the biggest disruptor so far yeah. through two games on the defensive line. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. I think, you know, Kenneth Grant is a little good. Mason Graham is a freak. I think I think he is going to come on a little bit at some point here. But, yeah, I agree with you. Kenneth Grant has been unbelievable. Edge rushers played solid, too. You know, we were able to get home. Uh, quite a bit. Jalen Harrell, uh, I think he had like one and a half sacks on, on consecutive plays, uh, something like that. Yeah. And that just makes, makes life so much easier for the guys uh, on the back end as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, another group that I think played good has, has played good the last couple of games too. And I mean, the linebackers, man, I, I, yeah. I don't know that there's a better linebacking core that Michigan's had than, than this year in a long time, man. I can't, I can't think back in my lifetime. I don't know if you can think back, but this, this linebacker crew is, is unbelievable right now. Yeah. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And, and I mean, you go take a look at it, right? Uh, when the defensive line can eat like that, you got great linebackers. I mean, go take a look at it. 31 rushes, 61 yards for UNLV on Saturday, two yards of carry. Like it was going nowhere. And that just makes you one dimensional allows the, the edge guys, uh, to pin their ears back, allows the interior to go ahead and get after the quarterback a little bit. And you can send some exotic blitzes. You, you, you've got them in, in third and long situations, and and it becomes a nightmare to play against this Michigan team, and that's the that's kind of the way that they're built right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, another guy that that really stood out to me a lot is Keon Sab. Man, I thought I thought he's he's coming on a lot. Mike Sanders still, obviously, we all know at this point is Mister Consistent, right? Um, right. The, the defensive backs. I mean, even though you haven't, you know, you haven't had Will Johnson barely. I know he. He dressed, and I think he had eight snaps according to PFF. But the fact that you're doing this without Will Johnson, and you're doing yeah. this without Makari Page, um, well, Rod Moore hasn't taken a snap and dressed yet, well. you know. Yeah, yeah, and Rod Moore as well. So I'm I'm interested to see what it looks like with everybody out there. I know, you know, at at some point, I think we're going to get most of these guys back, um, you know, but. I think the biggest thing is let's see how it look what it looks like when Jim Harbaugh is back. Let's see what the defense looks like when everybody, all hands are kind of on deck, you know, or as, or as healthy as you're going to get kind of situation. Cause I know um, there's situations where obviously, you know, there's injuries and, and what have you, but yeah. Well, want to let you know, if you're looking for a fresh new look this season, our friends over at home field apparel, have you covered? And in case you aren't familiar, Homefield Apparel is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of the Midwest. And not only is their stuff comfy, but it's officially licensed gear. So you're going to have peace of mind knowing what you're buying is legit. The Homefield team studies the history, traditions, and legacy of every single school. And then with all that information, they create thoughtful designs that you will not find anywhere else. They've got t-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks. I, I got their their crew back, the th- or the crew neck one. Uh, the throwback, it is so comfortable. It is so sweet. And it's starting to get a little chillier here in the UP. So I'm excited to start wearing it a, a little bit more. But they have it all so you can proudly represent the maize and blue wherever you are. If you want a piece of the action, head over to homefieldapparel.com. Again, that's homefieldapparel.com. So, uh, Tyler, we turned the page here coming up on week three. And uh, I know you're very excited uh, about this one because it is a nice late start for you. I know you're you're very pumped about Michigan and Bowling Green playing uh, under the lights at, at the big house on on Saturday night. But uh, yeah, another another non-conference, last non-conference game of the season and in that final kind of tune up before we hit conference play. Yeah, no doubt. I will say one thing. Usually I would be like, oh, why is this a night game? But I am actually, uh, for those of you guys that don't know, I'm in the Boston area. So I'll be going to the Boston College Florida State game. Get oh, nice. to see the, what, number three team in the country. So I look look forward to that for sure. Um, look forward to see how good Florida State is actually in person. But yeah, no doubt. I don't understand why Michigan <laughs> wasted a night game on Bowling Green, but 
Uh, we'll get to see the cool light show and everything like that. Bowling Green, one and one coming into this game. They lost at Liberty 34-24 in week one. And in week two, they beat Eastern Illinois pretty handily, 38-15. to um, I think this is a mid-max school. I wouldn't say they're one of the worst max schools right now uh, or one of the mid-max football programs at this point. Um, so I think Michigan obviously will be the better team in this game, you know, stride for stride and player for player. They're definitely the better, more talented team. But again, that doesn't always matter. And I look for them to take another step forward from even from week one, you know, bigger than a step from week one to week two. I, I really look for this one to be a step in the right direction of the run game. And then I think pass game wise as well. Um, I, I, I think they've done as good as they can. Um, but I want to see some shots, man. I don't think they've really had a whole lot of shots, shot plays that they've that they've really dialed up uh, so far this year. Yeah, just giving you a little background on on Bowling Green, led by head coach Scott Loeffler. Uh, he was a former Michigan quarterback from '93 to '96 in his fifth year at Bowling Green. He's got a 13 and 29 overall record. Went six and seven a year ago, just five and 16 uh, away from the friendly confines of Ohio. Uh, but they, they play pretty tough on the road. Uh, you know, for, for that record, you, you look at what he's done against the spread while being an underdog on the road, seven, 12 and one. Uh, so they, they do seem to exceed expectations when they go on the road. So maybe it's a little bit tighter uh, than, than you might expect. And at the quarterback position, Tyler, they've, they've got a power five, power five guy. Connor uh, Basilak, the junior, he spent time at Missouri and last year uh, at Indiana. This year doesn't have super great stats, about uh, you know a little over 50% completion percentage, uh, 390 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. But, but as you pointed out, threw up 24 against Liberty, 38 uh, against e- Eastern Illinois uh, last week. So uh, this team can move it a little bit. According to Phil Steele's College Football Preview Magazine, uh, returning eight starters plus getting Basilac. Uh, so uh, this is this is maybe a, a good final tune-up uh, for this Michigan defense coming up on Saturday. Yeah, I think they'll be tested. I mean, you know, I think this offense is probably the best offense that they've faced so far, right? I mean, I don't think UNLV's offense was was certainly not good. Um, yeah, I, I think this certainly would be the best offense that they've faced all year. I don't know that that's saying much, um, but, you know, and I don't think that that means that they're going to come into the big house and, you know, all of a sudden you're going to look in the fourth quarter and be like, oh, man, we have to go win a football game. Um, but I think they can put up points. Um, they They put up 34 or sorry 24 points against liberty 38 against eastern illinois so they can they can put some points up on the board there and um so i'm looking forward to seeing what the michigan defense looks like will will johnson get in there will mccurry page get in there um will we see rod moore finally um obviously jim harbaugh and and the coaching staff is pretty tight-lipped down there they're not, they're not really going to say too much um it seems like they're working through things. It doesn't seem like it's uh, something serious. I think if it was Ohio State that was coming into the big house or if it was MSU or something at MSU, I think those guys would be playing, you know, from, from what I've read and stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean, I think it'll be an interesting game, an interesting tune-up, um, and really the, the final tune-up before Rutgers. 
Yeah, to your point, uh, this according to uh, SP Plus rankings anyway, this will be the best uh, offense that Michigan has has faced. Not saying a ton, though. East Carolina, they come in 115th uh, in offensive SP Plus. UNLV 99th uh, and Bowling Green coming in at 94th in the country. So not exactly a murderer rose of offense, but uh, Michigan's defense has certainly lived up. Uh, to what they're doing. Still hoping they could pitch a shutout here at, at some point. That would be nice. Couple of late scores in the first two games, uh, ruining that. But yeah, at the end of the day, go get the win, work on a couple of things. They're going to come out. They're going to try and run the football right They're They're going to give those big boys up front some more reps with each other. Hopefully take that next step. Uh, but, but ultimately go get the win, get out of there healthy and, and we'll see you in big 10 play. Yeah, Absolutely. And uh, just a couple of things about the game itself. It can obviously be seen on BTN, 7.30 start, as you alluded to. Uh, the line is 40 and a half. The over-under is 53. Uh, and I believe this is the third meeting between Michigan and Bowling Green ever. I think the last one was back in 20, I want to say it was 2015. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Like I said, I mean, this is the last tune-up before Big Ten play. Uh, I certainly don't anticipate Bowling Green to come into the big house and win the game, but um, you know, you could be in in a situation if you don't, you know, if you don't put points up on your, on the board yourself. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, one thing I do want to talk about, and I don't know if you want to do this now or you want to do this at the end, but the one thing that really concerns me, man, the backup quarterback. Yeah. I mean, it's, Look, at the end of the day, it looks like the season's riding on JJ's health, you know? I mean, it uh, you know, Davis Warren when he's gotten in there uh just has not looked as good as he did a year ago. We don't really know a ton about Jack Tuttle, right? He got in there, had a sick run, but but got the late hit, kind of came down on the shoulder bad and uh so so we didn't even get to see him really, you know, uh interested to see what he could do, but he got right back up. Which is kind of yeah. crazy. I know it took him a couple minutes, but he got back up and he was like going like this on the side. I'm like, this guy's out of his mind. Like, you know, and from all reports, that. he wanted to keep playing, but the coaching staff was like, man, game's a little out of hand. You know, we'll we'll get you in there next week. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I guess there was somewhat of a mess up there that that I guess Jaden Denegal was supposed yes. to go go first. And then it was supposed to be Jack Tuttle, and then Davis or Davis Warren wasn't even supposed to play, correct? I something like that. The, well, the mix-up was they didn't get Alex Orgy in there, from my That's understanding. What it was. Yep. Yes, they they, right. they wanted to get Alex Orgy, so I think he might be the first guy here this week, given that Michigan, you know, uh, gets it to a big enough lead, which I think that we will uh, see. You know, uh, that that we see the backups in there, but I think we'll see some Alex Orgy, which I would love to see, man. You know, uh, I think he's definitely bided his time. A little disappointed we haven't seen him return any kicks yet, given uh, Jim Harbaugh's high praise of him. But uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But would like to see him get in there and get some reps at the quarterback position. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I definitely would like to see Alex Orgy. Um, I think I've seen a, enough of of Davis Warren uh, and nothing against them. I just don't I don't see it. We saw it a little bit last year, which is kind of surprising that right. this year you don't see it to the level that you saw it last year. If I remember correctly, in some of the garbage time, he actually looked pretty good. You look good, he man. Confident. We we thought we, were, we we thought we had a pretty good backup. Um, 
and look, maybe maybe we still do. If he's given out there and sent out there with the ones, uh, maybe maybe he looks a little bit better. But uh, certainly there's there seems to be a pretty drastic drop off between uh, J.J. McCarthy and, and who we got behind him. No doubt. Absolutely. You know, the, the season, like you kind of alluded to, it rides on on J.J. staying healthy, which which is unfortunate. Right. Because. I mean, you look at a lot of these teams across the country and, like, even Caleb Williams and stuff like that, like, they're letting him go out there and sling it around. I mean, he's not running, like, crazy or anything like that. But even, like, Trevor Lawrence, but he was at Clemson, he was running the football. You know, I mean, not every single play or anything like that, but there was always the threat for Trevor Lawrence to run. But JJ, JJ had more, JJ had a lot more runs on Saturday than I expected him to. I'll tell you that. Exactly. Exactly. And there was one that I'm like, Ooh, I don't like that. Hit. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it feels like even, even last year with Cade as the backup and JJ as a starter, like it felt, and obviously Cade wasn't really the backup because he was injured. So I don't know. It just feels like we haven't gotten to a situation where Michigan's got a starter and a backup that's capable of playing if need be right now. And that's kind of an unfortunate position to be in. And and maybe Davis Warren or Jack Tuttle or, or Denegal or, or even Alex Orgy can prove me a little bit differently on Saturday in the big house. Um, but yeah, that's, a, that's definitely concerning. The, the backup uh, quarterback position is con- concerning for sure. And that's uh, not just like lukewarm concerning, no pun intended. That is like very like almost red concerning, like orange concerning. I would say I, I, I'm not I'm not quite there because at the end of the day, man, I we we got to assume health, right? Like, I mean, we could be yep. saying this about pretty much any top team in the country if the starting quarterback goes down, things could get bad in a hurry for for just about anyone. So I don't know. And, and again, we haven't seen Jack Tuttle or Davis Warren play with the ones, play with the wide receivers, you know, and you, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. the 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 pick was bad for Warren, obviously, uh, in, in late in that game. But other than that, you know, um, it, they're not JJ McCarthy. We will say that, and we will pray for for JJ to stay uh, healthy throughout this season. Well, Tyler, as we wrap up here on uh, Feeling Blue, where can we find you on social media? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at SealDog91. You can find me on Twitter. Takes. Yeah, there you go. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardy, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Uh, follow the Maze of Brew page as well. And, of course, subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcast. Well, it's going to wrap it up for us. Excited for week three of the college football season. For Tyler Seeley, I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next week on Feeling Blue. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.